Thanks for tuning in to Start With Scripture, a Hesed Heart podcast. I'm your host, Audrey Grove, here to bring you scripture reading and application that can fit into your morning routine and your busy schedule. Learn more at hesedheart.com. Good morning, my friends, and happy Thursday. Yesterday was a really exciting day. We had our first ever guest speaker, my husband, Micah, who is a lover of the Lord and really truly has a servant heart. And we talked about being left behind and also finding our security, our safety in God the Father, just like Jesus did. But now we're reaching a point in Luke where we will be diving into similar stories, the same parables, the same events or miracles that we saw in Matthew will be again seen in Luke. So now that we have passed all the new, the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah, Jesus at the temple, now we will be diving back into familiar territory. So just as Luke is getting a new perspective on these events, I would invite us to do the same. So as we continue through Luke, I would like to give the opportunity to look at these passages using some scriptural tools that I myself have found helpful when I study the Bible personally. So the first one I'll be sharing today is going to be observe, interpret, apply. So first we observe the scripture, simply reading it and observing it. Then we go ahead and we interpret the scripture, both based on the historical context, but also compared to other scriptures throughout the Bible. What other scriptures are related to this? What informs this? And lastly, we will apply it. What does this say about us and how is that important in our everyday life? So let's dive right in. Today we are in Luke chapter 3, verse 1, reading from the ESV. And as I read this the first time, remember, simply observe, listen and absorb what the word says. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip tetrarch of the region of Iteria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias tetrarch of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. Now, I know the observation may have been a little bit overwhelming because that was a lot, a lot of names. So as we seek to interpret this passage, we saw all of these names. We saw Tiberius Caesar. We saw Pontius Pilate, who was the governor, who we heard about in Matthew and we will hear about again at the end of Luke. So those two are rulers at the time. Also rulers are Herod and Philip. Now, if you remember, we've talked about Herod being a family name. We've already seen Herod the Great, the one who ordered all the children to be killed when Jesus was a baby. Now, these, Herod and Philip, are both his sons, and now they are ruling over parts of his kingdom in his stead. 
Lysanias is also a ruler, and then we get to the high priests Annas and Caiaphas. Now, Annas was a previous high priest who, although he no longer has the position, he still has all of the influence, and some say he still held on to the title of high priest, although Caiaphas has now stepped up into the official position. And so by giving us all of these names, very, very specific names, Luke is actually giving us a very distinct place and time in history where these events are taking place. What a beautiful thing. We also see the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. So John, the same John we saw born earlier in Luke, the same John whose birth was miraculous, who the Holy Spirit dwelled in him even in the womb, and who we now know as John the Baptist. Now that we have interpreted this section, we can apply it to our lives. And even though these names may feel very distant, very disconnected from who we are now, the fact that they place this in such a specific time makes this more trustworthy. We can believe what is being said and we can place it historically in time. The Bible, the scripture is trustworthy. Continuing on, speaking of John. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled Every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. So as we dive in here to interpret this, first of all, what is repentance? Repentance is a turning away, a complete 180 degree shift, turning away from sin, and turning towards faith. What a beautiful thing. And baptism represented the cleansing, the water cleansing and cleaning sin away. So you repent, you turn away from sin back to God. You are baptized beautifully cleansing that sin. We also see it says that John will prepare the way of the Lord. We heard those same words back in the beginning of Luke. When the angel Gabriel spoke to Zechariah, looking to Luke chapter 1, verse 17, it says, And he, speaking of John, will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So this is John's calling to prepare the hearts of the people, to turn the hearts. So as we look at what Isaiah is saying, let's look at it in the context of what is going on in people's hearts. Every valley shall be filled. Now what does a valley look like in someone's heart? Perhaps a valley is humility, of guilt, 
of grief, of sorrow, of being brought so low, you do not feel there is hope. And yet, the valleys will be filled with the gospel, the good news of faith and salvation in Christ. And every mountain and hill shall be made low. And what, in terms of a heart, is a mountain or hill? Perhaps pride, stubbornness. And that pride will be made low by sharing the law of God, understanding that we cannot be good enough on our own. So our hearts, when they are proud, are humbled. And what does this mean to us today? What does this mean for your life and my life? Well, of course, baptism and repentance are still beautiful and valid and preached to you and me. We have the opportunity to turn away from sin and towards faith in Christ, following him. Also, we can know that when we ourselves are feeling low with grief or fear or sorrow, when we feel low, we can come to the gospel, the good news, and we can be filled. But on the flip side, when we sin or when we're proud, trusting in ourselves, prioritizing something above God, we can come to the law made to see our sin like a mirror to see what's really going on, to be humbled, where then again we can come to that good news of Christ. And it says, all flesh shall see the salvation of God, something that we can cling to and hold on to, that we shall see the salvation of God. And we know that salvation is secure when we have faith in Christ. I will see you tomorrow morning. I am so proud of you for starting with scripture. You can also visit hesedheart.com for even more resources, including faith-based yoga and Bible-based meditations.